Hi, my name is Jenny. And my name is Yuri. And this is Conscious Cuppa, the Adam and Eve branch of the podcast. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us, turning up and tuning in. We're back to delve into, ponder and wander through the Bible stories, revealing their hidden meanings and characters. We'll share how they've helped us discover the true nature of our very own human imagination as it creates and shapes life, the universe and everything in between. Our claimer, rather than a disclaimer, is that we firmly believe the Bible is not history, but an allegory, a story told as if it's true. When it describes people like Eve and Noah and Moses, Mary, Jesus amongst others, these are states of mind, states of consciousness, not actual historical people. The purpose of the stories and characters in the Bible is to stir you awake to your own creative power and wisdom. We believe God is our awareness or consciousness and that we're all God together dreaming this strange dream into physical reality. We hope these discussions give you a confidence that helps you to discover what you could do today and every day to cushion the blows that come our way. Indeed, we really love hearing from you and enjoy your input. So do please send in your questions and suggestions to the show on Twitter at Conscious Cuppa and via email consciouscuppa at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-C-U-P-P-A. And you can leave a direct message on our Anchor.fm webpage where all the previous shows are. And Brew Crew, send us your beautiful mug shots too. And stay tuned right to the end of the show for your very own African Easter egg. But for now, we invite you to grab a brew, take a pew, sip Sip in in and wake up. up. Yuri, what's in your cup today? I have the same thing that I had last week actually, but just absolutely plain. So I have the gunpowder, the Chinese gunpowder tea, Uh which is, I think is, is pretty much a regular green black tea. Yeah. Lovely. And I've had my regular coffee with a bit of mixed spice in there mm-hmm. and tin milk, absolutely delicious. And I'm going to top that off with some just plain hot water. Mm, nice. We hope that you've got something wonderful brewed in your cup, in your glass, in your flask. Cheers. So here's what we do. Rather than a TED Talks, Jenny and I are sitting up in bed doing a bed talks this season. This is to keep the flavour of the show all relaxed and easy going. Each episode we pick a question from the public and we take a magic minute trip in the lift of life and talk through the story as we learnt it as a kid. After that, we send it through the D gobbledygook machine and see what's been learnt since we got muddled up way back when. Then we put 10 minutes on the clock to share those new insights that we've had since then. Finally, we join this all up from a new perspective and see what this all means in terms of law Law of of attraction. attraction. And what do we mean by law of attraction? Basically, I am creating my reality using my imagination. What I'm thinking about all day is colouring the canvas of my life. It's time for Magic Minute. And this week's question from the public comes from Esther. Esther would like to know, why do I seem to have so much right now? 
while others seem to have so little. Let's call the lift of life and see what we can say about everything we were taught as a kid about the haves and the have-nots. Let's roll the dice and see who descends and ascends first. I've got a one. You're going up first. I am. Jenny, how about a joke before we go any further? (laughs) Okay. So a student was asking his Kung Fu master, why am I not improving in my martial arts? Mm. And the Kung Fu master says, well, have you noticed that the gulls were flying above you? The student said, yes, master. He said, did you notice that the river was burbling along? Yes, master, I noticed that. Did you notice the insects and the wings that were fluttering? <laughs> yes, master. Well, that's why you're not improving, because you're you're distracted by all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me in kickboxing. <laughs> Here's the lift. So, Yuri, I've got a minute ready on the clock. Lovely. You're going to go up and you're going to tell us everything you knew about the haves and the have-nots when you were a kid. It's interesting. The one thing that stands out is I was raised by my mum uh-huh. and one of my friends um, in my class, their mum and dad were separated, yeah. but at Christmas time, she would always get two gifts and birthday, she would always get two gifts oh, and I would only yeah. get one. So yeah. I really felt like the have not. Yeah. And that is the one situation that really stands out. So I think as a kid, I didn't really know why you had or you didn't have. Yeah. But I felt both. Sometimes I felt like I really, you know, I was really abundant and, and you know, like sometimes I'd have sweets and and my friends in the street wouldn't and I'd share them out so I felt like I was the one that had Had, and they didn't yeah and I think I think sharing was was a predominant thing that no matter what I had yeah I would share it okay let's go back down yep so when I was young I I was the youngest of eight kids in the house so I really did feel like the have not with all the (laughs) hand-me-downs and so on but also, of course, out in the bigger world, you had this idea that in Africa, you know, the kids are always oh, starving gosh, yeah. and they had that kwasia core, which is the belly being really big. It was kind of used as a tool to make you eat your dinner. Yeah. You know, you've got something, so you should be grateful for what you've got because there's so many kids here yeah. there who don't have. So there was that kind of idea. And as I was growing up, there was this idea that, you know, life is unfair. That was it's like an aphorism. It's like a a maxim, you know. That was like life is not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Life is unfair, and you just get this into yourself. My position in that was I'm going to be part of the have not group for the rest of my life. That seemed to be the message there. Yeah, my mum definitely gave me like life's not fair. Get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's update this and see what the Bible has to say about the haves and the have-nots. Indeed. Let's start with a quote from Matthew chapter 13, verse 12. It's also in Luke 19, but it basically says, For whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will be made to abound. Abundance, basically. But whoever does not have, even what he does have, will be taken from him. That sounds harsh. 
So basically, this is the haves and the have-nots, what we term in normal, normal language, the rich and the poor. This is the whole rich-poor divide. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. But what does it mean by being rich? And what does it mean by being poor? Well, as I understand it, this is about assumption. Uh-huh. This is about assuming that you have or you don't have. Yeah. And this is your choice. In this world of duality, you have a choice. Uh-huh. The way that we assume that we do or don't uh-huh. is through our imagination. Yeah. And the quandary is that this is running 24-7, whether you know it or not. So there is this conscious use of imagination and this unconscious running of the imagination. Okay. And what we're doing here and what we'll be discussing in the Law of Attraction is the conscious use of imagination so you can be a have. So what we want to remind ourselves of is that when it's saying those who have are going to have more and until, you know, pressed down, shaken together and running over, it's just like more than you can ask for. You yeah. always get more than you ask for. This idea is you when you say I am, I don't know, got this new job, I have this new job, I have abundance of wealth, I have great health. This is an affirmation of something that not that you want it, is you're saying I have it already. Because if you're saying I want it, by implication you're saying I don't have it. Well, the universe is not interested in what you don't have. It's just going to give you more of what you say you are. So if I say that I want to be wealthy or I want to be well-known, it's letting the universe know that I know that I'm not wealthy and I'm not well-known. Yeah. So it will give you more of not being wealthy and more of not being known. Yeah. So you become less wealthy. You lose whatever wealth you've got. It will dwindle away. And if you are a little bit known, if you keep saying, I want to be known, the universe is going to say, okay, let's give you more of not being known, which is, in experience, less and less people know about me until I seem to just fade into the background. The idea of the have, if you're saying that I have it, whatever it is, whether it's negative, could be good, could be bad, you're going to get more of it. So it could be something wonderful, but it could also be, I'm saying that I have ill health. Mm. I'm going to get more ill health. Yeah, and it's what you're, you're assuming and what you're agreeing to. Yes. It's this continual assumption and agreeing to, which makes you either compliant to what somebody else is saying uh-huh. or complicit and creating what you want. So this is very much connected to um, what you were talking about, Jenny, in a previous episode about the son of perdition, uh-huh. this idea of lack and loss. Uh-huh. You know, and actually the only thing that you can lose in this life, truly, truly lose in this life, is the idea of loss. Uh-huh. We can use our imagination. We are using our imagination. 24-7. 24-7. And... What we're encouraging, what Neville Goddard is encouraging, what the Bible is encouraging, is you to use your imagination creatively for what you do want. So to address the question, why am I seem to have so much right now? There must have been, in Esther's imaginings, 
an increase of the things that she does want. Yeah. And that starts to to multiply and multiply. And it says in Psalm 23, like I said earlier, you're always going to get more than you bargained for. Mm. So this steady increase, as long as you keep saying I am it and confirming it with not only your words, but how you feel. Yeah. It will keep increasing. It will be pressed down, shaken together and running over. There's only so much of it. But the same is conversely true for the people who seem to have so little. The language that is going on in their mouths, in their minds, that is to say, mm. is I don't have it and I really want it. To, say, to keep affirming that I don't have it is to keep telling the universe I have less and less and yeah. less. And this is where you get that rich poor divide as we see it where it seems like life is unfair but in fact the life is only responding to who i say i am right now every day 24 7 yeah so if you're worrying this is your confession this confession of of lack of faith in Mm. having yeah lack of faith in using your imagination to create your reality and some of us don't know it's a cultural thing i think to to keep talking about what you don't have and what you don't want. Yeah. You've talked about this in previous episodes as well, about this, the work that Shazad does. Yeah, it's about really being an interrupter of anything that says that comes to mind, that enters your mouth, that says, I don't have this. Yeah. And therefore, that's sabotaging what you do want. Yeah. And therefore, you're trying to continually, in my work, I use the, the term flipping the script. Uh So you're flipping your script to an affirmative what you do want script in the first person present tense. So some of the negative affirmations that are very typical in our culture is I'm not going to like say you want to you're on a diet. You say, well, I'm not going to eat such and such anymore. But actually, all you've done is tell the universe more about the thing that you don't want to eat. So it's going to give you more of the thing that you don't want to eat. And suddenly you find yourself eating even more of the thing because that's what you're talking about. We'll talk more in the the, the last five minutes about how to swap that. Another term that we say is I won't be doing that anymore. Yeah. But still the attention, which is energy, which Mm. is life, is growing the thing that you're saying that I won't do that anymore. It's going to increase that because that's where the energy is moving. And then the last thing is I don't want that thing anymore Mm. i don't want to be doing that thing anymore i don't want that thing anymore but again the attention is on the thing that you don't want yeah the lack the loss the limitation the illness the disharmony yeah oh so that's quite tricky because we are taught in that language of rejecting things rather than embracing the thing that we actually want Yeah, I mean, Neville really, and the Bible um, really says, rebuke the suggestions of lack, loss, lateness, whatever it is, by saying, get behind me. Yeah. You know, never again be impregnated by this idea. Because we've talked about this impregnation, this what are you accepting into yourself? Yeah, what are you going to grow inside you? What, What idea? So rather than rejecting what you don't want, yeah, get on board with what you do want and give all your attention to that and it might seem self-centered and it might seem unrealistic but this is what we're talking about is how the universe works 
So forget how what the social constructs are saying, what the social systems have said, this is the way to do things, yeah. what the experts are saying. Listen to what the universe wants you to do. Yeah. It wants you to say, I am what uh, I want. Yeah. And you, it wants you to say, I have what I want. Yeah. In other words, not and not what you want, you've yeah. got it. Yeah. I am it. Yeah, this is this is in your your world of possibility and you're bringing it into your world of probability. Now, there was a lovely affirmation that you told me yesterday uh-huh. in line with this by uh-huh. Nelson Mandela. Oh, yeah. Basically, they say it's impossible until it's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine to say, oh, man will never fly to the moon or yeah. whatever. If they say, oh, because you're this and that and the other, yeah. that's never going to happen for you. Yeah. It's not the how that we know. That's not the knowing that we have. Great. So we're going to see how we can apply this. Yeah. Yeah? We've got five minutes on the clock. Fantastic. And the first thing we want to say, I think, is if you have a desire, it's a gift. Mm. Desire itself, the desire, the wanting, the very heartfelt wanting is a gift to guarantee that you're going to have the thing. Yes. Now, when I say going to have the thing, going to have the thing on the physical level. Yeah. But the desire is a reality right now. Yes. In the non-physical realm, which is? Imagination. Yeah. So I want to say something about desires and the fact that they can come about from not haves. So sometimes you're compelled and your, your, your desire comes through a lack of a job. Yeah. Again, flip that script straight away because you know, oh, you know in your heart of hearts, I want a job, I'm wanting. And then what you do with that wanting, you bring it into the now, the first person present tense, and you give all your joyous feeling to that resolution because that's a resolution for you. We talk about how you're going to be saved from unemployment, for example. Yeah. So a job is your saviour. Yes. Yeah. So you're imagining yourself having the job. Yes. Yeah. Rather than saying, I want a job, yeah, because you've had a desire for a job, there must be a job waiting for you. Yes. But then you have to align yourself with the idea that I have the job already and what it would feel like to have the perfect job. Don't undercut this desire. Yeah. This desire is always wants to give you more press down, enough. shaking together and running over, always more than you ask yeah. for. So align yourself with what it would feel like if this gift, was the perfect gift, the perfect job, the perfect whatever mm. it is. Go to the end. I've had that when I had the dyslexia teaching job. I wasn't qualified, and yet for a year, I was this amazing dyslexia teacher that just changed my trajectory, that made me just absolutely want to do this in a coaching career, in a teaching career. Yeah. What we're doing is um, assuming... Our wish is fulfilled, our desire is fulfilled. Already. And you've got a really good example, haven't you? So last week I was driving one of the young people that I work with to their driving test. The assumption was it might go one way or the other. Yeah. But we don't want to gamble. We don't want to deal in risks. He wants to pass his driving test. So what let's just assume he's passed his driving test. So what I said to him is, rather than us assuming that we're going to the driving test centre, let's assume that we're driving back from the driving test centre and you feel, wow, I passed. 
and the relief and the fulfillment and the satisfaction of that. Because as we've said, the universe is only going to respond to what you say you are right now. I am a driver now. I am a qualified driver now. Yeah. So we've done that. So rather than thinking of us going there, I'm going to pass my test. We have to change the language to I have passed my test. Yes. So he done that and he assumed the feeling of what it would be like if he had passed his test. Yeah. And what his mother would say to him when she discovered that he'd passed his test. And he stayed with that. And you know what? He said he made so many mistakes during his driving (laughs) test. He couldn't barely believe that he passed it because the driving test instructor kept complaining about his driving and yet still passed him. Wow. But why did he pass him? Because he'd imagined it. He'd already passed the test. Yeah. So the driving test... He was compelled to agree. He had to agree. He had to agree because he didn't want to not pass him. He just was willing to pass him if he was passable. But we had made him passable. Yeah. We had passed him already. Yeah. So that's the tip, is to, rather than think about some future event, bring it into the present. First person, present tense experience. I have it. I am it. What I would add to that is the appreciation, the gratitude, because the appreciation, that word in itself means growing, to appreciate it, to grow it in value. And this is very much what creates your cup floweth over. You know, this is... It's a a gift. It's a gift. How would you receive it if it was a gift? You'd be so grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That birthday gift that you you always (sighs) wanted and it, it turns up. Oh, my gosh. You rip the paper off and you're like, oh, my gosh. So it's the feeling that you would have just after you've opened it and seen it. Received it. What would the feeling be like? Mm. And then everything that went before that has to now fall back in line with the fact that you've passed, that Mm. you've received. And this is going back to the positron, which we talked about in a previous episode as well. If you can say that it's done, then the positron is willing, this is a, a, an electron, is willing to go back and change the past. Yeah. Seems impossible, but it's been proven in science. Yeah, even in science. And just in the same way that it's been proved in science that everything exists already and you're just picking what you like, like a buffet. Mm. We all know from basic physics... If something is in motion, if you don't do something to change it, it will just carry on and carry on yeah. and carry on. Because you're giving it your attention. You're feeding and it. what the universe does is not just carry it on. It gives it, you more. It's going to give you more. So we're compelling you today. We're inviting you to share your desires that you've fulfilled through your imagination. Just yeah. leave us a message or send us an email. From, from the ball experiment that we oh, shared with yeah. you to... A greater desire. Yeah. Keep practising. <laughs> and that's it for this show. Thank you to all those people that have been emailing us. We really, we really appreciate the contact. Send us your beautiful mug shots, what you're drinking, slurping along with us. <laughs> Send us your realised desires to the show on Twitter at Conscious Cuppa and via email consciouscuppa at gmail.com We really love hearing from you. This has been a swell cuppa. A slurping good time. And the perfect brew to wake up to. Bye. Bye.
Hey Boo Crew, thanks for waiting right to the end for your very own African Easter egg. Rumble, rumble, rubbish, rubbage. What have we got here? Until I speak with one voice, I will continue to be used as the instrument of my own self-destruction. That's from Dr. Chihombori Kweo. Dr. Chihombori Kweo. Wow, that's so relevant, Until I speak with one voice, I will continue to be used as the instrument of my own self-destruction. Wow. Lovely. See you next time. Bye.